0: Welcome to Sandra Ray's Fiercely Spiritual Podcast. You're listening to episode 20. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Fiercely Spiritual Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Ray, and I'm here today with Donna Bacon, who is an accredited psychotherapist working in Dublin and she's the founder of Trua Counseling and Psychotherapy. So Donna, you're so welcome. It's so good to have you here today. So we're going to be talking about a subject that I think a lot of people will be interested in, and it's all about highly sensitive people. And it's something that I know a little bit about, but probably not a lot about it. And I know Donna is very interested in this subject, and it's something that you're quite passionate about. But before we get into it, I wanted to just allow people to know a little bit about you and how you came to be a psychotherapist, and just a bit about your
1: background. Hi Sandra, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So yeah, I'll, I'll give you the background. Um, I suppose going back a while now, I I started my career um, after I kind of graduated from clinical psychology. So I would have been working with you know, adults, children, um, families with, I suppose, various mental health issues, you know, um, and I went on then to do, I suppose, more clinical training and counseling and psychotherapy. And I suppose, um, working with, I suppose, in, in many different roles and I suppose with many different people, um, I suppose what I started to notice about myself or maybe what I kind of received a lot of feedback was, um, I suppose I kind of had this kind of perceptive ability to be able to kind of get to the root of whatever was going on for, for the people that I was working with and that I was supporting um, and really help them to, I suppose, then overcome whatever challenges they were experiencing and, um, I suppose, just make positive changes and to, I suppose, be their best selves I suppose what I've come to understand now since learning about this um, highly sensitive trait is that that is one of my sensitive strengths, you know. Um, so it's been great to to look back and to, to I suppose, see, you know, that, uh, so see all those experiences in, in my professional life and my personal life, now understanding it through the lens of high sensitivity. So I'm really passionate about helping others to learn and understand about this uh trait and to understand themselves better and um, so that they can be their best selves and that they can show up in the most amazing ways in their life so yeah so that's uh, i love the way
0: that you describe it as a strength because yeah. a lot of people wouldn't see it that way they'd see it as more of a hindrance and something that maybe holds them back a little bit or that keeps them from expressing themselves fully um, so maybe if we just explain to people what exactly a highly sensitive
1: person is. Yeah absolutely um, and, and you, you made a really good point there around the, the challenge and, and we can kind of get into that when we look at actually the characteristics of the trait because uh, well firstly it's a, it's a um, it's a genetic trait so it's something you're born with um and it's present in about 20 percent of the pop 15 to 20 percent of the population so it's one in five people so it's you it's probably you know if it's not you you're going to know someone who's who's highly sensitive so you're definitely going to notice it in your life um and interestingly it's actually equal amount of men and women have the trait often people would kind of think oh you know, sensitivity it'd be more females that would have it, but actually, the same amount of men and women have it uh, are born with this trait. And it was discovered by—I um, mean, it's been there for 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 as long as time began, I'm sure. And, and it's it's evolutionary. We've seen it in in um, actually, it's been it's been found in over a hundred species. So it's be, it's 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 evolutionary. It's needed. It's a trait that um, we need as a as a species. But um, it was really discovered uh, by Dr. Elaine Aron. um, And she found that, uh, you know, as I said, it's it's this genetic trait. And and the way actually she describes it is an acronym that says DOES. So it's D-O-E-S. And this kind of explains the main qualities of the trait. So D would stand for depth of processing. So this would be where sensitive people often... So they think more deeply about things, you know, so uh, you would re- you know, reflect a lot on the meaning of situations or consider all angles of a, of a problem or a situation or all the different kinds of solutions that might, um, that, that might be available to you. And what can happen then is we move into the O, which is overstimulation. So if, if we're taking in all this information and, pro- and our brains are processing it at a, a much deeper level we can have a tendency to kind of get overstimulated much quicker then, you know? So overstimulation would be, um, well, it's, it's wonderful now. We've got neuroscience that can show what's going on in our brains. And I suppose like meditation now, we're able to see the benefits that, that meditation has and the changes that it has in the brain. And what neuroscience has found is that uh, there actually is brain differences in those sensitive people than people who don't have that trait. So for example, they have a more active um, the part of the brain that is that primitive part of the brain, that emotional part of the brain, which is that, you know, it's, it's responsible for that fight, flight and freeze. And, um, you know, so it's actually more active in sensitive people. So that would explain that sense of being overwhelmed or like life gets a little bit too much, you know, it's all kind of, um, you know, a, a lot of clients and uh, have explained to me that sense of feeling frazzled. It's like your nervous system is frazzled because Think about it. You're taking in all this information through your senses, and then you're, you're 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 processing it very deeply. So people can often present, um, you know, to, to to get help because they're feeling anxious, you know, and things like they're stressed, they're burnt out, they're irritable, they're angry, you know, because it's like their their tank is empty. You know, their tank is empty. This it's all gotten too much. So then that's depth of processing, overstimulation. The next kind of characteristic that um, that people might be able to resonate if you're a sensitive person is emotional intensity and empathy. So we feel things very deeply, you know, we feel the lows and we feel the highs. Um, you You might be more easily moved to tears, you know, watching a film or watching a sunset or whatever it might be. Um, and usually sensitive people are extremely empathic. So you can often feel what others are feeling. You know, you, um, really can just be very compassionate and really get a sense of what's going on for others. So, um, because sensitive people are, are very empathic, they're often, um, can have a tendency to be people pleasers. So, you know, you're, you you tend to put others before your own needs and you want to take care of people because you care very deeply about them. Um, And that can also lead to the overstimulation because you're running around doing everything for everyone else and not taking care of yourself. And then finally, then the S is, I suppose, sensitivity and and kind of awareness of the subtleties in environment. So you might pick up, you know, something tiny that might be different in a room when you go into it that others might not notice. You might notice something, you know, like... um, a fr- you know someone in your office might have gotten their hair slightly different that other people just wouldn't pick up so again you're picking up all these subtleties and um, that uh, uh, your brain is kind of uh, I suppose picking all these imp- bits of information up that others might not pick up um so that's kind of in a nutshell I mean it's obviously much uh, there's much more to it but that's just trying to kind of you know give you a uh, uh, it a snapshot of it and over oh, you know that's brilliant and um
0: what I wanted to go back to, you mentioned about how it's been around forever or for as long mm. as we know. But mm. um, is it on the increase, or is it that just we're actually becoming aware of it?
1: It's it's so it's been found. As I said what the research has found, and as as kind of over and over again, is that it's twenty percent of the population. So you know, going back, if we look at the evolution of the trait, I mean, going back to maybe a time when we were in tribes. Um, they would have found that, you know, that 80% of people wouldn't have the trait. So, and then 20% of the people would have had the trait. So they would be often known as the royal advisors or the healers or the people who, um, because we have what's called a pause to check system. So when you go into an environment, we often kind of stop, hold back, kind of take everything in, suss it all out. Um, and that has a survival um, advantage, you know? So, um it's it's, it's 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 evolutionary is we need that trait and that's it's a gift you know so uh, for as long as we know it's it's well it's what it seems like that is that it's 20 percent of the population that have it and we need the other 80 percent so back in the time when we we were in those tribes and you know uh the sensitive people would have maybe known okay this is where we should settle our tribe it's it seems like safe there's good food opportunities but if say I don't know, um, a predator, like a, a lion or whoever kind of came to attack the tribe, you need to get the other 80% who were able to jump in and go for it, you know? So th- there was advantages of both. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, so that, that's there seems to be a consistency in terms of that there's 20% of us that are that have the trait.
0: Yeah, maybe it's just my awareness of it. I think I'm noticing a lot more people with it and... Yeah particularly children I'm noticing a lot more children who are displaying the trait and maybe it is subtly increasing maybe it's not increasing in leaps and bounds but maybe there is that subtle increase of highly sensitive people um, so what is it I mean is there a scale is there or is it you just you are or you're not or is there like a scale of you can be
1: you know on the lower end or on the higher end or how does that work? Well, That's actually a really interesting point because you're right, there is kind of a scale, and, and maybe, as you say, what we're noticing is that people who might be maybe lower on the sensitive uh, trait scale but still show those qualities. So, um, the, the, well, the, the way to find out is um, on Dr. Elaine Aaron's website, and um, it's called uh, www.hsperson.com. You can actually take a self test, and this has kind of been, you know. Um, proven to you know it's 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 very reputable and you answer the questions and I suppose depending on how many answers questions you answer you're either sensitive or not um however there is some that for example would be extremely sensitive who would probably answer yes to everything and then there's those that would kind of be more moderately sensitive so as you said maybe it's actually that we're noticing people being more comfortable coming forward and saying yeah this is me this is my experience of the world um, as opposed to trying maybe to kind of hide that about themselves mm.
0: and I'll put a link below to that website I'll um, link it up so people can go to it um, so this is something that people are born with um, if a person is born with this can they manage it or what's the best way to deal with it or uh, like once you've identified yourself as a highly sensitive person what's yeah. the next
1: step absolutely i mean and and that's what's most important i mean what i what i've seen across from my own personal experience and and, and others is that often people f- feel you know burdened by this but it's actually as i said it's a gift you know um but we only recognize it as a gift when we know how to nurture it and to care for it you know so if you're constantly feeling overwhelmed overstimulated you know, like life is too much, you know, you've got a sensitivity to noise, lights, sounds, crowds, you know, um, of course you're not going to see it as a strength or as a gift or as something wonderful. However, if you learn to manage it, as you say, then you can show up in the most beautiful ways in your life. So there's some amazing strengths um, to the, the, you know, people are extremely intuitive, creative, um, loving, empathic. But if if you as you said if you're if you're kind of overstimulated all the time you, you can't share those parts of you so one of the most important um, things for the sensory people is to learn how to manage that overstimulation that over arousal and um, so it's that's one thing I, I often work with with clients and, and and it's an ongoing challenge for myself you know trying to find that balance especially with young kids you're always trying to find that way of okay how can I keep that balance and um, so. Things that can help um, is you know, suppose well one is knowing your triggers. So knowing what triggers that over arousal for me. So for example, for me, I know rushing around or having too much to do. Or yeah, me too. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. Um, So you know, if I'm running around, like even you know running back here to kind of get started i had to go okay my heart's pounding now i need to breathe i need to calm down i need to ground myself um it's really important so knowing and being aware of that that experience of over arousal in your body kind of can be a red flag for you to say okay what do i do to manage it now so as you said um so you know breathing techniques um it's really important for a sensitive person to have alone time to have some downtime, because we need Time for our brains to process all the information that we're taking in. We need time to reflect. So journaling can be really helpful. Um, breathing, meditation, alone time, and um, you know, nature is really good uh, for grounding and the sensitive people. Um, I mean, there's many different techniques, um, but uh, and I can sometimes it can be quite unique for for the individual. So what I usually try and help people find is those unique ways to. Uh, find balance in their life, you know, um, saying no is a big one. Um, having those boundaries in place saying, you know, learning how to say no, um, and say yes to yourself, uh, uh, taking care of yourself physically, you know, um, exercise, eating well, all those kind of, you know, basic self-care pieces, but that is, it's extra important for the sensitive person because, um, I say we could, we, we could more easily get over aroused, but also uh, we need to nearly we need to t- retrain our brains to come out of that fight or fly freeze um, place so, you know because we are um, often more in our emotional brains we need to kind of uh, relearn and there's some tools and techniques I use with clients to help them kind of retrain or relearn how to kind of calm their nervous system and, and, and really settle themselves down and um, and just enjoy life more you know
0: yeah it's so important and I think just that awareness of having that trait is really important because otherwise you think oh I'm just frazzled I'm just I have a you know I'm just a person who gets anxious or I'm just a person who gets frazzled whereas that totally cannot be the case Um, and it's funny because I'd identify myself as a highly sensitive person as well and recently Mm -hmm. I had an ear infection and I was like making up some garlic oil and I put mm. on some cotton wool and I put the cotton wool in my ear. And immediately I was like, wow, this like mm. just dampened out so much noise. So I got a yeah. piece of cotton wool and put it in my other ear And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. It was like a revelation. And I was like, I feel like not only did I have an image, I I felt like somebody had wrapped me in cotton wool and I was just insulated. And I was Mm. like, this feels so good I th- and I was laughing to my husband I was like
1: I think I'm going to go around with cotton Mayors in my ears all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know a lot of a lot of sensitive people actually do um, when they come to understand the trait they actually like for me noise is another big trigger I am um, I, I and I've only come to understand that more recently I think having young kids who run around <laughs> screaming so um, often I think people who don't know a lot about the trait um, don't get the sensory overload element of it you know and that they often just say oh I'm just an angry person or I'm just an anxious person and this is how they're evaluating it and then you get all these labels on top of yourself and then you're feeling all these negative self-beliefs that you have about yourself and whereas you said maybe just simply understanding okay and it's funny you say about the pain sometimes sensory people can also be have more sensitivity to pain so just knowing what to do maybe it's simply adjusting your environment or putting cotton wool in your ears and and suddenly you're you feel better in yourself in physically and then you know uh you're not kind of labeling yourself as anxious or and i've got someone with an anger problem and you know it can be simply going okay sensory it's a little bit you know i'm i'm it's like sensory overload and i just need to almost like i I always say it's almost like um a dimmer switch it's almost like trying to just turn down the stimulation like like a dimmer switch you know so yeah and
0: just as you say uh becoming aware that there's stuff that you can do is empowering because you realize okay I don't have to just you know have this going on in the background the mm. whole time there's things that I can do to manage it as you say like breathing and meditation yeah. and, and other things um, and you mentioned that a lot of people who are highly sensitive um they're like empaths so is there a difference yeah. between empaths and highly sensitive people or are all people who are highly sensitive empaths or how does that work
1: yeah I mean I suppose um I'll share you I suppose my understanding of it um I know that Dr. Lane Aaron, who's kind of the pioneer of, of understanding the highly sensitive person, she would say that they're they're not the same. Um, although I know a lot of sensitive people who would identify as a sensitive person and an empath, so I think there's there's a huge overlap. Um, there's a lot of similarities in terms of you know, you know that that deep empathy that you have for others, you know, really being able to feel what others feel, and um, maybe sensitivity to your environment and that. Um, but I think and this is just my understanding, is that where the differences may be is that I'm not sure that all, um, say, empaths might have the, the DOES, the DOES um, characteristics. So, for example, the depth of processing may not be there. Um, or I, maybe some sensitive people might not say that they would absorb, say, the energy of others, you know. So I think, and this could be quite a unique ex- way of seeing the differences as well. So I I, I think we need to find out more about that. I don't think there's enough information out there in terms of, there's definitely similarities and it's a crossover, but I know that some people definitely feel that there's a distinction as well.
0: Mm. And the other thing I was looking at is introverts. So obviously a lot of highly sensitive people would be introverts Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of their sensitivity, but Would all introverts be
1: highly sensitive or is that completely different? Again, what my understanding is that um, what the research shows is that uh, those that are highly sensitive, 70% are introverts. Because often people say, oh, they kind of almost link the two of them together. But actually 30% of sensitive people are extroverts, you know, Mm so... that can be a challenge as well because they still need that downtime, but but obviously feel very fulfilled by socializing and, and, and um, being with a lot of people and whatnot. So um, introversion, extroversion, and the sensitive person is definitely different. Um, um, but as I said, what the research has found is there's 70%, there's more of, a, of a, an inclination towards introversion if you're a sensitive person.
0: So. Okay. Um, so... If a person identifies as being highly sensitive, obviously they can go and they can take that test that you mentioned. Um, but if they do identify as being highly sensitive, um, you know what can they do themselves? Like, Is there anything that they can do on a day-to-day basis? Mm. Um, obviously, you mentioned the breathing, you mentioned meditation. Um, is there any habits that they can develop that they can incorporate into their lifestyle to make it a bit easier for them?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think depending on what the individual challenges are for the person, um, but usually it tends to be the over-arousal, over-stimulation. For that, I think, I suppose on a practical level, I think doing things like... um, so some small things that, you know, have really helped me as well is, is slowing down, you know, slowing down your pace. So if you notice you're rushing on, okay, my heart's racing, I'm not breathing. I need to just, like, even just physically walk slower, you know, um, things. The other thing to know is that um, we need more time to get started in the morning um So having more time in the morning to kind of ease into your day, and that was one of the biggest challenges I found having kids. It's almost like being startled awake, and you're you're on straight away. So now I have to get up a little bit before the kids, so I can kind of ease into the day, and you know set myself up that I'm not I'm not starting the day over aroused. So I'm not starting the day in that kind of you know fight flight kind of freeze um, state. And um, also then it's uh, really important is we need time to settle down before we fall asleep. So going to bed, you know, reading uh, reading, or looking at your phone or being rushed around and expecting yourself to fall asleep. For most of us, that's very hard. But for the sensitive person, it's, it's extra hard because if you've been running around all day, taking in all this information, at nighttime, um, when you slow down, you, you're, it's almost like the dust is settling and your body, your, your brain is trying to process all that information. So you need a bit more time to... You know, go through the day almost like reviewing your day, and that's where journaling can be really helpful at nighttime, just almost like a, a brain dump, you know, just kind of get it all out, and then um giving yourself time to really like let the body relax, you know. So, maybe doing meditation or breathing at nighttime or as part of your bedtime routine is really important. Um, one of the things that I suppose people have found really helpful is. Again, this is a real challenge um, for a lot of you know parents or, or people who maybe are you know have a lot of demands on them or are caring for others. Um, is is having that alone time? Um, Dr. Lane Aron would say we need two hours alone time and downtime. Now that that sounds like heaven, but it's not always <laughs> realistic. Um, so, but you know, trying to just be mindful during the day. You know, like sometimes I say to to people I'm working with or myself. You know, when I'm when I'm boiling the kettle just take those couple of moments just to do some deep breathing, some deep abdomen breathing. Um, or, you know, uh, when you're walking up the stairs, you know, just so trying to incorporate it into your day. And um, other things that sensitive people have found useful is um, having a routine, you know, so having parts of the day that are predictable, that you don't have to think about, because um sometimes again it's been found that if if sensitive people are kind of getting over aroused, I suppose well your your thinking part of the brain is turned off, so it's harder to make decisions. So reducing the amount of decisions that you have to make during the day can be a, a kind of a really helpful way of just, you know, just feeling like things are a little bit easier. And um, so, you know, having um you know, whatever your routine might be in terms of whether you're going to work or minding kids or You know, that uh, reducing the amount of sometimes the decisions that you have to make on the spot, you know. Um, And then the big one, I think, is learning to um, work on that inner critic, you know, work on that inner chatter. um, Because often, unfortunately, a lot of sensitive people, we've grown up with um, messages that were either too much or not enough or different in some way, and we are. You're you're 20% of the population, so you are having a different experience Um, but that can often become um you know a very kind of mean inner inner voice that um looks at all the things that you're that's wrong with you and um can really kind of drag you down so working on you know those positive affirmations you know how you're talking more compassionate to your compassionately to yourself um are just small ways that might kind of ease that um I suppose, ease the the, the challenges of being sensitive.
0: Yeah, it's all great tips. And a lot of that I would do myself. But I think even if you're not highly sensitive, all of those things are relevant to everybody. It's like everybody can benefit from rushing less and taking more time. And I always encourage my clients to do breathing breaks, like you said, taking those few moments when you're standing in a queue when the kettle's boiling, when you're on traffic lights, you know, those moments where you're going to be in stillness rather than being like, come on, look at your watch. Yeah. Sitting and breathing and breathing deeply, even three mindful deep breaths. is Just, it completely changes your attitude, your outlook, and it's so good. Um, And one thing you were saying about the morning routine and it's something that I've found is so important because I was just joking the other day with my husband. He was saying like, mm. when the kids get up, it's like they're on. It's yes, like There's no <laughs> easing into the day. They are on yeah. and it's like, go. Yeah. And I need to ease into my day. So yeah. what I've been doing, which I've found really, really helpful is the Miracle Morning. Mm. If people mm. haven't read it. It's by a book by Hal Elrod. Mm. And it's brilliant. It's a practice that you do each morning. It's actually six things that yeah. you do, but it's just such a lovely way to start the day. But what I've found is I've been getting up at six to do this and giving mm-hmm. myself a little bit of a breather. My kids used to get up at seven. So I was like, great. I have an hour, but now. Yeah. They're getting sick.
1: The <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my house. Sounds
0: like yes. mine. Yeah, it's yeah. like I I don't know if I can, I'm trying to like get back yeah. to maybe 5 a.m., but I'm not there yet. So I'll yeah. just ease myself back a little bit more. But it's like if you give yourself that time in the morning or you yes. know, just ease yourself yeah. into your evening routine, those like little yeah. things can be so important. And they could just set the tone for the entire day. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And it's funny, I'm laughing here because I, I was literally just saying to myself, today, I'm going to have to get up at 5am for this to happen because like that, our kids are 6am starters and, and when they're on, they're on. So, And it's funny because talking about kids, for me, um, my, my eldest little girl, she's actually been my greatest teacher because I actually came to understand my sensitivity through her. Um, and now what I've started to do is model what I'm trying to help her learn. So for example, I might say, Oh God, you know, I've been rushing around Ellie and my my heart's beating and and I'm I'm finding it hard to breathe. I, I wonder what I could do to kind of calm my body down. And she'd be like, Oh well mom, why don't we try our breathing game? So as I'm, you know, doing it with her, uh I'm 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 doing it for myself, you know. So it's 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 actually it's been a great way to um I suppose model it for her and help her learn how to manage her sensitivity, Um, but also a way to 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 do it for myself as well. You know. Yeah, I love to play a game where I'll
0: say to my boys, "Okay, we're going to be really still, and we're going to see how many sounds we can hear within like thirty seconds or a minute, and they'll like sit there and they'll be like listening." And then I'll just be like, ah, oh. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's just like a little like silence break. And then afterwards I'll be like, so what did you hear? And they'll be like, well, I heard a truck and I heard this. And, Brilliant. But it's a Brilliant. lovely way
1: to get them to be more mindful yeah. and for me to have a little mini timeout. Exactly. And it's funny, just when you were saying about the, the senses there, you know, and being mindful and, and, and helping them to kind of, them kind of learn those skills. One of the things that just came to my mind there is that we receive 80% of the stimulation through our eyes so sometimes just closing our eyes can reduce that that stimulation so sometimes what I do is I say oh let's pretend we're breathing our you know uh, birthday candles out in the dark so I kind of get to close my eyes as well and then we we do our we do our, our breaths so sometimes like maybe you're not with kids maybe you're in work you know and you know you're at a computer or you're looking at your phone or whatever it might be just you know getting your feet firmly on the ground closing your eyes and just doing a couple of deep breaths can just reduce that amount of stimulation and can just calm you right down. So whether you're with kids or at work, trying to find a way that that works for you.
0: Yeah, I used to work in an office where I'd take breaks in the toilet to do that, just to sit Mm. and breathe. Mm. And I might be in the toilets for like five minutes. And it was actually a really small office that we worked in. And there was one toilet in the whole place. (laughs) People would come along and they'd like feel like, build somebody in there what's going on (laughs) I like didn't care I was like no I'm like this is a few minutes that I need I'm going to be more productive
1: afterwards
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and you know
1: and as you said you 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 were able to kind of give yourself that time and I know there's so many people who struggle to do that and because on some level they're unfortunately they're, they're seeing themselves as broken or flawed or wrong or not enough and I'm hoping that some of the listeners may just hear this and, and understand that you know you're not broken you're not flawed um this is it's it's okay to be sensitive you know it's okay to get tired easier it's okay to need that downtime, to need that space um and actually when you really give that to yourself as you said after you've taken that breathing break in in work you go out and you're just you're filled up and you're ready to to share all your 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 talents and and, and your gifts then you know Well, as you say, it makes you better at your job.
0: And I find the same. I'm a better healer. I'm a better Mm. empath. I'm better able to help my clients because I can feel and I can sense more and I can Identify with a lot more. And particularly, I mean, be on the empath side of it, like I feel yeah. people's pain in my body. So I know, yeah. okay, well, they're sensing this pain or they have this going on. And as soon as they leave, like that, I you know break that connection and that pain goes but even knowing how to break that connection because if I didn't I'd be walking around with that for the rest of the day so that's like a whole other episode on energy work but we'll talk about that another time but if people are if they've gone down the path where they are suffering where they are you know really finding it hard to cope Um, if they wanted to work with you if they wanted to go a little bit deeper into Mm. the process of just you know allowing themselves to I don't want to say recover but to deal with all the stuff that they're taking in yeah they do that
1: yeah and it's funny because um what again that's what the research has found is that because as sensitive people we are so much more influenced by our environment um, unfortunately we are more susceptible to mental health problems like anxiety depression and whatnot because you know we, we, we possibly have lived we've we've kind of grown up in in environments where our trait and our sensitivity wasn't necessarily understood or supported um and so we've kind of maybe grown up with this message that you know uh, some some very kind of you know negative labels and, and negative messages so um when we kind of get to adulthood, we've internalized all those things and we're really struggling with them. Um, but what the the flip side of that is that we're also uh what the research has found is that we're also we benefit so much more from the positive, you know. So actually those are sensitive and they come to healing or therapy or whatever it might be, that they actually excel, they flourish, they thrive. So it just shows that that's the upside of our trait, that although we might be suffering more, but when you Take that step and get the support and get the help and understand yourself more and understand what you need, that you can thrive, you can just flourish. You can, you know, there's so much uh, potential there. And so, yeah, absolutely. You can, you can, I mean, do do you want some of my details? Is it, Sandra? Or do you, what do you, what way do you work with people? Do you offer a program or how do you work with people? So I do both. Um, I I work on a one-to-one basis where they can come and do some kind of one-to-one work um, and, you know, we can uh, help them understand whatever it is that they're suffering with, whether it be anxiety or overwhelm or relationship problems or self-esteem or whatever it might be. Um, And, you know, learning tools to manage that and uh, maybe it might be communication skills in terms of, you know, how they can communicate their needs in, in their relationships or putting boundaries in place and, and taking care of themselves. Or I also do group work. So um, every now and then I do groups that come up and I'll be doing a group in September around kind of, kind of I suppose for people who may be experiencing anxiety, but probably it's is experiencing that over arousal, that overstimulation. And, in a group, and the other thing about sensitive people is that we... Um, we are so fulfilled by that deep connection. So connection is very important to us. Um, So groups are are usually actually really beneficial for sensitive people. Um, And, you know, we we can focus on, we're going to focus on things like uh, how to manage that overwhelm and that overstimulation. And to, um, you know, uh, so there's lots of of different techniques that I suppose I'd mentioned that we'll we'll be working on. So um, I do both individual and and groups.
0: Okay. Okay, well... It's been a great insight into it. I've definitely learned a lot more and it's I I think it's good to put it out there to allow people to have that knowledge because I always think, you know, awareness is the first step. Without awareness, like you're lost, you can't do anything. But once you have that little bit of information, then you can take the steps to choose what you want to do, or you can research it more, you can do something about it. But if you don't know, you can't do anything. So Thank you for going through it and explaining it so well and it's been a pleasure to talk to you today and if people do want to contact you, your um, company is called True Counseling and I'll put a link to your website also below this as well if people want to get in touch. And
1: is there anything else that you want to add before we finish? no no that's fantastic i've I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you and um thank you so much for for giving me the chance to to connect your listeners and hopefully those that are sensitive out there will um you know will it'll resonate with them and and uh yeah that's super thank you so much sandra brilliant thanks donna and um we'll see you next week for another episode of the
0: podcast